Thank you for checking out this message from Spring Mount. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmountcf.co.uk or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. Why not subscribe to our monthly email newsletter? Visit springmountcf.co.uk forward slash newsletter to sign up. Morning. Oh. <laughs> Didn't expect that. Um, it's great to see everyone here today. Um, Johnny's away, so he's asked me to, to share uh, this morning. I like the smiles I'm seeing there. It's just really encouraging to see people smiling back at me because it can be a bit nerve-wracking standing in front of people here. But um, I'm going to be continuing with the series that we have been doing for the past two weeks or so. Um, today's title is Your God is Too Distant. And hopefully it'll be a simple message, uh, but hopefully it'll, it'll touch our hearts and speak to us in a special way. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we're going to hear your word. And I thank you for the opportunity that you've given every one of us to hear what you have to say this morning. I pray that it will be the right words that we would hear. Um, and I pray that you speak to our hearts in a special way. Amen. 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 Um, I want you to engage me this morning. Um, show of hands if you've heard of these two words, <coughs> Easter eggs. Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> Calm down, it's not Easter yet. <laughs> but um, show of hands if you've heard that word when it's been referenced to a movie. Right, I can see the nerds around here. <laughs> Peter, oh wow, that's good. <laughs> Easter eggs, when referenced to a movie, simply means a joke or a picture or a word or something that is cleverly hidden in a movie. I'm going to show you a few pictures on the screen um, in, a, in a minute, and it's from Pixar. I guess many of you know I like watching um, cartoons, and not just for the fact that it's very entertaining and they've got good content, but the fact that Pixar hides Easter eggs in several of their movies, and there's a particular Easter egg that <coughs> Pixar normally hides in their movies. It's, it's the Pizza Planet truck, so can you just put, put that, those pictures on the screen, please? That's a scene from the movie Brave, and right there, it's circled, is the is a Pizza Planet truck. Can you put the next one, please? That's from Cars. That's the Pizza Planet truck. That's from Cars 2. That's the Pizza Planet truck there. That's from Cars 3. That's the, pe <laughs> <laughs> that's the Pizza Planet truck. Okay, you can't really see that, but I think that's from Monsters Incorporated, Monsters Inc., and the next one, that's from Monsters University. And if you see, look right there, you see the Pizza Planet truck again with that little thing on, on the top. Yeah, that's from Toy Story 2. That's from Toy Story 3, I think. And the last one, that's from Up. That's it right there. Now, if you don't really pay close attention, you would not recognize these Easter eggs, this, or that particular Easter egg in most of... Uh, the movies that are made by Pixar. They cleverly hide that in many scenes, but you've got to search for it, you've got to look for it, and you've got to find it. If you don't seek it, you will not find it. Now, the message I'm trying to bring out here this morning is God can be found. God is not playing hide and seek with us, but he wants to be found. 
is a God that says he is near, is a God that says he is close. He is not distant to any one of us. If there's one thing I want us to remember from everything that we hear this morning is that God is near and he's not distant. He is closer than you'll ever think. If you've got your Bibles, can we turn to Acts 17 from verse 16? If you don't have your Bibles, don't worry. The words will be on the screen. Acts 17 from verse 16. It says, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. And I will stop there. I'll just give you a background of this particular verse. Paul had been preaching in Thessalonica and Berea, and he was chased out of that city because he was preaching the good news about Jesus Christ. So the disciples he was with took him from there to Athens, and he spent a few days in that city. Now, when we get the privilege of traveling or going for a holiday or going to visit a new city, we could be one of those who, you know, you just like reading a book, you're happy reading a book and you don't want to do much, but it could be, so I said, <laughs> but it could be an, an explorer, you know, you want to see the sights and sounds of the city, you know, you, know, you want to know what's happening, or oh, oh, Jake is nodding because he knows why, <laughs> you want to know what's going on in that city. Or it could be a mix of both, you know, you like to explore, but you also like to have your time when you unwind and just not do anything. Now, I think in this instance, Paul was an explorer. He wanted to know what was out there in the city, and he went out. And the Bible says that he was, what, greatly distressed because he saw that the city was full of, of idols. Now, when I think about that word idol, what comes to my mind is an image, something that people worship. Am I correct? Yeah. And in this context of this verse that we've read, that's true. But Tim Keller says this in his book, Counterfeit Gods, that an idol is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. And anything that you seek to give you what only God can give you. Anything can be absolutely anything. It could be sex. It could be money. It could be fame and popularity. It could be your education. So I guess the question I'm asking this morning is, what have you placed as priority over God in your life? We'll read on verse 17. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Now, I've never been to Athens before, and I don't know what the city is like these days, but historians tell us that back then the city was was a a hub for people who liked to debate. It It was a place where people like to, uh, philosophers like to hang out. But it also says that the city was a place where there were lots of people that worshipped idols in temples and in altars. Now, as I read this, it seems to suggest that Paul was willing to discuss with anyone, right? He said he was in the marketplace and he met with philosophers and and all of that. He He was willing to share the good news with them. But what happened? They ridiculed him. They criticized him from from sharing the gospel. Evangelism brings criticism. Paul, again, 
like I said, I was reading this, and it just seems to me that Paul was, you know, mixing up with a, a, a mixed group of people, interacting with a mixed group of people. The first set, like the Bible clearly says, that there were people called the Epicureans. These were people, historians tell us, that these were people who were atheists. They did not believe in the existence of God. They said that God did not exist, you know. It was as, as though they were living for the here and now. Like their motto was, let's just eat, let's just drink, and let's just live our lives anyhow, because tomorrow we die, we're not going anywhere anyway. Isn't that a bit like how it is nowadays? We've, we've, we've still got people who have that belief that there is no God. So we'll just live our lives and do whatever we want. The Stoics, on the other hand, were people who were followers of a philosopher called Zeno. Now, these guys believed that God was in everything. In other words, God was in the rocks, God was in the trees, God was in the river, God was in the soil. And I believe that's why they built several temples and they were worshipping several idols, you know, to appease whatever God they deemed fit that would, you know, bless them or do something for them. Now, as I read this again, one of the things that struck me was that these two groups of people reacted differently to what Paul was saying. The Epicurean said, what is this babbler trying to say? That word, babbler, means a seed pecker. It literally means a seed pecker. So, in other words, we're saying Paul was like a bird just going around pecking seeds and picking truths from different places and trying to make an intelligent statement to impress people. And they were like, you know, what's, what's, he, what's he on about, you know? They dismissed what he was saying. On the other hand, the Stoics were, were, pe- were people who, yes, they believed in a God or they believed in, in gods. And they said to Paul, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. If you read it, you know, at face value, it looks like they were interested in Paul, what Paul was saying. But I don't think that that's true. It seemed to, to me or to suggest to me that Paul was, they were trying to, like, you know, get to know an, an extra God, if you know what I mean, you know, out of the many thousands that they, they already had. The, the, the interest wasn't genuine, but they just wanted an additional God that they could worship, that could give them something. So let's read on, verse 19. Then they took him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus, where they said to him, may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? You are bringing some strange ideas to our ears, and we would like to know what they mean. Verse 21 says that all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Now, I'm not quite sure what the Areopagus was, some people have said it's a physical location. Some have said it's a court of, of judges. Whatever it was, they took Paul to that place. And they were questioning him. They were saying, oh, you're bringing, those, you're bringing strange ideas to us. We don't understand what you're talking about. You're bringing something new and something strange to us. Isn't that what, you know, it's a bit like how it is now in our generation. Doesn't the gospel sound strange to people? When you tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ, that someone came to die for their sins, someone came to die for our sins, doesn't that sound strange in our generation? They look at you and they scoff at you and like, what are you on about? You know, it's still common in our day and in our generation. It then goes on to say 
that they were talking about and listening to the latest ideas. Again, this resonates with our generation, doesn't it? We want to hang on to the latest trends in fashion, like Corey. <laughs> we, want <to> hang on. <laughs> we want to hang on to the latest trends in food. We want to hang on to the latest challenge. We want to hang on to the latest something, you know, what's, what's the latest thing around? I want to hang on to that. A very good example is this. Um, I'm sure, sure the, the, there's great debate about this anyway, and we're not going, going to go into that. But who's tried the vegan sausage roll made by one of our, <laughs> one of our fast food chains in here? Has anyone tried it? Yeah, some people... Oh, so, <laughs> right, that's, that's new to Ian. <laughs> yeah, some people say it's not sausage roll. It's not sausage roll because it's vegan. That's an argument for another day. <laughs> but... Uh, that's, that's a couple of weeks ago, that was one of the things that was very popular in the food um, industry, as it were. Now, this, I read somewhere recently that this uh, food chain sold out on, on that vegan sausage roll. And guess what? People were selling it on eBay. You... <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> people, people were selling this on eBay. And guess how much they were selling it for? Nine times its, its original price. Yes, someone's laughing. Nine times, it's, 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 it's amazing. But, you know, that's because people wanted to go, some people, not everyone, wanted to hold on to the latest food trend now. And they wanted to have a taste of that, you know, that vegan sausage roll. Another recent trend, that has, or something that's been trending recently, is the... Hashtag 10-year challenge. Do we all know what that is? Yeah, some of us do. I'll, I'll explain in a bit. <laughs> the, the hashtag 10-year challenge... <laughs> the, the hashtag 10-year challenge is simply this. You post a picture of yourself from 10 years ago, and you post a picture of yourself as you are now, you know? So... You're not going to see this on Facebook or any of my social media handles, but... <laughs> oh, this looks like a big mistake now. But, <laughs> but here's a picture of me from 10 years ago, and here's a picture of me now. <laughs> Who are you guys all now? Is it the baby or me? <laughs> Right, so that's my, that's my nephew there. He's a big boy now. So, um, but one of the things that is striking here is I think that the baby has become younger over the years. I don't know how that's possible, but... Uh, <laughs> but anyway, what I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is... Now you can take it off, Chris, thanks. <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is, is people want to hold on to the latest trends in, you know, what's going on. Um, thankfully, I, I don't think I'm. So much the way. I don't. Well, I don't know if I'm that kind of person anyway. But um, that was what the the guys from Athens were all about. Now let's read on verse 22. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, "People of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious." For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship. 
and this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. And he has not served and he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives, gives everyone life and breath and everything else. We all worship something, don't we? Regardless of whether we have a faith or not. Worship simply means that you're ascribing worth to something. If you back up a couple of chapters earlier in Acts 14, uh, Paul and Barnabas were in, in uh, Lystra and Derby, and the people of Lystra and, and Derby wanted to worship Paul and Barnabas because they were performing miracles, but Paul and Barnabas refused. In this verse which we've just read, or verses we've just read, Paul gave them a compliment. He was polite. He started from somewhere. He said, I can, I can see that you guys are very religious. He presented the gospel in a way that they could relate to. But Paul made it clear that there was one God that they did not know. This was the God who created the heavens and the earth. This was the God who created everything in it as well. This was the same Paul who was persecuting believers, those that believed in Jesus, a couple of maybe years or months before. And he was saying to them, look, guys, I have seen this God. I have met with this God. I have encountered this God on my way to Damascus when I was going to persecute more Christians. I'm here to tell you about him. I, haven't, I wasn't a believer when I met this God, but he has, he has appeared to me, and I heard him, and I saw him, and this is the God I am coming to proclaim to you. He made the heavens. He made the earth and everything that is in it. Now, we may not have the same experience that Paul had that day throughout our entire lifetime. But you know what? God can still be seen. God can still be heard. God still tells us that he is close and he is near to us. God is the maker, not the one that was made. He's the one who made man. Man did not make God. He's the one who created the universe and everything in it. All through the Bible, God has revealed himself to let us know that he is near. He is close to us and he's not out of reach. You know what? God left clues all over the Bible to tell us this. Romans 1 verse 19 to 20 says that, the God, that God has made himself known in very plain terms. He revealed himself in the things he created. Psalm 19, 1 to 4 tells us this. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. In other words, creation has a voice. Creation speaks. This is not me saying it. This is what the Bible says. God made all these and this was what Paul was trying to let them know. The writer of Hebrews also, you know, picks up on Paul's arguments about creator having, creation having a creator. It says in Hebrews 3 verse 4 that every house has a builder, but the one who built everything in God. God made everything in this world. God made you. God made me. This was Paul's, Paul's argument with the Athenians. 
Now, since we can see God through his creation, here are some you know, interesting uh, facts. The diameter of the known universe is around 93 billion light years. Now, scientists use a unit of measurement called light years because they just don't want to write many zeros, in my opinion. <laughs> a light year is the distance light travels in one year. <laughs> that's, that's about 9 trillion kilometers. So the diameter of the known universe as we know it is 93 billion times 9 trillion kilometers. And you know what? The universe is still expanding. The number of stars in our Milky Way, the gal our Milky Way galaxy, is between 200 and 400 billion stars. Our sun is one of those stars. There are at least 100 billion galaxies. You do the maths yourself. There's a lot of space in space. <laughs> Forget those illustrations that you see on TV or on, your, on a piece of paper. There, there are huge gaps in space. But do you know one of life's mysteries as well? Dung beetles use the Milky Way to navigate. Don't ask me how I know. The sun is so big that one million Earths can fit into it. Yet, relative to many stars, our sun is small. Our solar system is traveling at 828,000 kilometers per hour. The biggest mountain in our solar system is not on Earth. It's in Mars, and it's, it's called Olympus Mons. It is two and a half times as tall as Mount Everest. This was what Paul was saying. God made all this. This is the God that made all of this. And he was trying to prove that case to the Athenians. Now, God was not, Paul was not trying to suggest like the Stoics to, to worship everything that was created. No, Paul was saying, don't worship creation. Worship the one that created all of this because he's not far away. He's not out of reach. He has shown you that he exists through the things that he has made. It is him that you should worship. Paul then goes on to say that God is not served by human hands. Now, for me, I see that as good news. That's because if you're like me, that you're weak sometimes, that you make mistakes sometimes. It's good news to me because God is a God who loves to serve. His message to us this morning is not a one that is not, he's not bringing up a sign that says that help is wanted. No, he doesn't want your help. He's saying help is available. He's a God that comes to serve. No wonder Jesus said in the book of Mark that the, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's read on the last few verses. Verse 26. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. So God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your poets have said, we are his offspring. Now, what does it mean to reach out for something? To, to reach out simply means you're trying to initiate contact with something, doesn't it? Yeah, probably something out of reach. It just reminds me of a scene from E.T. I don't know why, but that's what just comes to my head when someone's trying to reach out for something. Now, Paul made, makes it clear that God here is not hard to find. 
The message translation puts it this way, that God is not playing hide and seek with us. We're living in times where people are searching for something. They're searching for the meaning of life. They're searching for something that can satisfy them. But let's stop for a moment and think and consider what Paul is saying here. God is near. He can be found. He's closer to you than you would ever imagine and you would ever think. Psalm 145 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. When I was much younger, I used to enjoy planting seeds a lot, especially bean seeds. I don't know, maybe because I was trying to think like the guy from Jack and the Beanstalk. Hopefully, I would grow a tree, a bean tree somewhere, go to the sky and then get a golden egg. I don't know. But as a child, I loved doing that. I loved planting seeds. And I'm sure, as you, you might have done as well, when you plant a seed and it starts growing and the plant, plant starts growing out of the soil, what does it do? It looks out for sunlight, doesn't it? It reaches out for sunlight. It is looking and seeking for the sunlight. So the, sunlight the, sun, the light is always there, isn't it? But the plant has just one thing to do, reach out and seek it because the sunlight's right there. I'll play a little with it. I'll put the, 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 the seed in the, in the flower pot and, and in the pot and all that. And I put it on a windowsill and it will still seek out sunlight. I'll then put a box over it and make a hole in the box. What happens? It will seek out the sunlight. It will reach out and search for that sunlight. And that's what Paul is trying to say here. God can be found. All we have to do is what? Reach out for him. Jeremiah 29 13 to 14 says that you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Again, if there's one thing I want us to remember from all this, if you forget every other thing I've said, if there's one thing I want you to remember, God is not distant. God is close to you. God can be found. He's right there. Yes, I know bad things happen. I know that we don't have all the answers to life's questions. I know that when we pray sometimes, we don't get the answers that we want. But the creator of the heavens and the earth is telling you this morning, he's telling me this morning that he is near. He is with you and he can be found. The one who has revealed himself in the things that he has created in the stars, in the sun that we can see, is saying, I am near, I can be found. The one who cares you and loves for you is saying, I can be found, I am near, I am not distant. The one who knows your pain and the struggles that you go through is saying, I am near. The one who knows your discouragement this morning is saying, I am near. The one who sees your cries for help is saying, I am near. And what is he saying? He's lifting up a sign this morning to say, help is available. Perhaps you're here and you've, you've probably had a difficult relationship with your father or any parental figure for that matter. And you're saying to yourself, you know, I can't really relate to this. Look, I understand that that's valid. And I know God sees that. But one of the things you've got to understand is this. God is here to show you grace and he's here to say, I am interested in you. 
He's saying regardless of all the things that have happened in the past or what you've done, the most important thing is that you depend on what Jesus has done on the cross for you because it's already finished. Jesus has said it. It's finished. But he's saying to you this morning, I am not some distant God in a remote place. I am right there with you. I'm right there in the pain and the struggle. I'm there. That's what God is saying. I am not far away, but I am close to you. I encourage you with these words this morning. Again, God is not distant. He is near. He is not ashamed of his friends. He is extremely loyal. He is kind and he is considerate. He is all of these that I've said plus more. Are you burdened down? Are you weary this morning? Come and cast all your cares on Jesus. For he cares for you and he cares for me. Let's pray. I'd just like to welcome the, the worship team and the prayer, prayer team as well uh, to the front. If you already have this relationship with God and you... You know, but you know you want more. You know, you, know, you know you want to be closer to God. I want you to take this opportunity and just come. You don't have to tell anyone what it's about. But if you don't have that relationship this morning, this is a fantastic opportunity for you. God is saying help is available this morning. I'm not far away. I am close to you.